your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Wednesday, halfway, halfway through the week. Lacrosse Talk PM, you want to get in here, 608-785-7914. I'll turn that text and talk line on so that I, well, I can see if you call me. I can't see if you text me. There we go. All right. It's always interesting to see if there's any middle-of-the-day text. No middle-of-the-day text. So we're good there. I don't know if you were listening to the top of the hour news. It was kind of weird. They went to like a weather thing. I was waiting for, you know, is a blizzard coming? What's happening? And then uh, the sounder went off, and then they just played a country song for a while. That was weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the, the new format. We're changing wisdom over to country music, but we're doing slow, doing so in like a minute increments. We'll slowly tomorrow it'll be two minutes. Uh, by next week it'll be fifteen minutes, and eventually uh, all we'll play is country music. I think Hannity does that once in a while, doesn't he? Just I don't want to do anything today. I'm just going to play country music for ten minutes. Uh, I, I remember hearing that once in a while. Usually when I come in here though, I just pot Hannity down and do some work. I can't listen to him yell radical socialist agenda every five minutes. Uh, it's, it gets a little frustrating. Uh, Steve Doyle, Assembly Rep Steve Doyle is going to join the show. We're going to have some fun with him and talk some talk some business, but we're going to try to have some fun too. I know uh, the uh, the Assembly is, is, I believe, meeting next Tuesday to to do something with the COVID package. If you remember yesterday, the assembly met for 30 seconds. Was that yesterday or two days ago? It's all running together. I want to say that was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday they met for, for about 30 seconds uh, to discuss updating the governor, having the updating the unemployment system in the state, right? And um, the Senate and the Assembly both adjourned that meeting within seconds. Seems kind of weird. I don't understand. Why can't we, even if you want to just say the governor has the power to do this, even if you want to say that, why not just, you're, you're already, there's already a session. You're already there, right? So just, just, just do it. Just do the session. What's the harm? We don't want to waste our time discussing the unemployment system in the state that hasn't been able to give people unemployment. Why would we do that? Um, seems weird. So we'll talk about that, the COVID relief package. Uh, I, I think Doyle's got a plan to buy up all the shopcos in the area and start that deplatforming that some uh, people were t- talking about yesterday. So we're going to deplatform some the uh, the Trump supporters Plenty of room in all those shop goes. Uh, couldn't get the Kmart. Clearly, U-Haul sniped that under from uh, the Democratic Socialist Radical agenda. So, couldn't get the Kmart in, uh, in there, too. I mean, we're going to fill those places up, though. All full. <laughs> um, what else What else was there? Oh, and then, and then there was a story in the Milwaukee Journal... Now I'm going to, now either yesterday or two days ago, the days are running together, people. Uh, about Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, and he, he, he is, how do I explain this? Is he, he doesn't want 
people that he isn't following on Twitter to be able to comment on his tweets. So he's changed his Twitter account or something. He's changed his Twitter account because you could just do this. I'm not a Twitter aficionado, but so only people that I follow, I could do this to buy Twitter. Only people that I follow can comment on my tweets. I believe that's how that goes. He's, he's done that. And essentially it's, He's a, he's a state rep, an elected official. Uh, people should be able to make comments about what he's tweeting. So so there's a fight there. Uh, we've, already, we've already done this. Uh, the last time Voss and his colleagues tried to control who responds to their tweets, it cost Wisconsin taxpayers $200,000 in legal bills. So there's that. There's your assembly speaker not meeting about unemployment, adjourning that meeting in 30 seconds. And then uh, maybe taking another lawsuit uh, against Twitter um, so that you, if, if Voss doesn't follow you, because why would Voss follow any of you, right? Why would Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, follow any of you? So if he, he doesn't follow you, then you can't reply to what he posts on Twitter. <laughs> okay, there's, there, there's where we're at. There's the, uh, the radical socialist leftist agenda of 2021 um, or the other side of that. So I got, I got that in my head. Hannity said that like three times in the five minutes that I was sitting in here. I'm sorry. This is very silly. Um, all right, I'm going to let Brad do the news so we can get Doyle in here. And uh, I do also want to I want to see how his hobby farm, how his hobby farm's going. It's winter. It's got to be, the chores just got to be so much harder in the winter. Uh, does he pawn those off to the wife or maybe make the kids come and, and do the chores? I feel like he's he's stuck doing all those chores. Um, all right, Brad doing the news. We'll be back on Wisdom after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Assembly Rep Steve Doyle on with me. Doyle, I always forget what 90-something district, uh, the Onalaska, the greater Onalaska area is what I like to call that. How's that work? Does that work? That, that works. It's the 94th, but Nin- what you said is good enough. Or the greater, greater, is it more accurate to say the greater La Crosse County area, or do you have yeah, other? I represent all of the county except the city of La Crosse, French Island, and a little bit of Shelby. Okay. So, the county I represent. Okay, so the perfect. The better part of the county is what a, I represent. The perfect way to say that would be the greater La Crosse County area, as opposed to trying to figure out what numbered district you are, because there's too many. If there's over 100, there's too many. Um, but anyway, so we can get into a, a lot of the there's there's so many di- different avenues to go down. But first of all, I, I just want to I, I like I'm, I'm a big animal lover. I love the idea that you have a hobby farm. I, I, I know you have alpacas. Uh, what else do you have on your hobby farm? Uh, we have 12 alpacas, four goats, three cats, uh, one adult dog. We now have four puppies. Um, I have a bunch of fish, two kids, a wife, me. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what kind of, do you have like a pond with fish in it or do you have like a fish bowl no, in the, in the, I have a, I have an aquarium inside the house. Oh, okay. Cause, cause actually I have some friends that have like ponds outside that, you know, they, and they go fishing in those ponds. They're, those are real cool too. Um, all right. So four puppies, are we keeping these puppies? Are these puppies, are we giving these puppies away? What kind of puppies are they? Uh, they are uh, purebred golden retrievers. Uh, we are selling them. They are all sold, um, except we're keeping one female because okay. we had our older female golden uh, pass away this summer. She was getting pretty old, and, and uh, 
So we wanted to replace her. So we're keeping a female, and we've already got uh, the male and the other two females sold. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to say I'm sorry to hear about your your golden retriever passing as a as a current golden retriever old owner who uh, has an old golden retriever. We have to stretch oh. out quite a bit before we go for walks. Oh yeah, they're uh, I mean they're like family, so it was a big deal for us. Um, okay, so in relation to that. You have, I, I looked at your Twitter account today because we. I just talked about how Robin Voss wants to limit who can comment on his tweets. Uh, Robin Voss, the assembly, assembly, uh, what do we call him? Leader, right? The assembly leader? Assembly speaker. 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 And um, I looked at your Twitter. You've literally never tweeted unless I found a fake Steve Doyle account, which isn't doing very I have, well. Uh, I have chosen not to use Twitter. My staff has always told me that I'm not allowed to use Twitter either, <laughs> uh, which I think is good advice on, on their part. From, from my perspective, Twitter is used to um, spout off and attack people, and it's not something that is useful in promoting um, productive discussion. Okay, so I mean, Voss might have a... Voss might have a might be it, it, I, I guess he, he might have a, a point here right maybe just if he if he just has his tweets where nobody could comment on him that would be one thing to do then then we wouldn't have all the hate and spread I mean if you go to Ron Klein's Facebook account man that is a that is a just a pit of hate in there <laughs> yeah and, and that's unfortunate because it really it, you know my my philosophy is that things are already too contentious we need to turn down the heat, and um, unfortunately, social media tends to just promote that hate and, and arguing with each other. Um, I mean, if you look, you know, I don't have, I have, don't have Twitter. Um, I don't use Instagram. I do have a Facebook page. I have a campaign Facebook page, and then my official Facebook page. You'd be hard-pressed to find anything on either of those Facebook pages that attack anybody. I mean, I just don't see the, the benefit of, of that, um, and um, you know, I, I I respect if other people want to have a Facebook page with you know or a Twitter account and, and have a different philosophy. That that's up to them. But you know, if you're Robin Voss, for example, and you use your Twitter account to on a multi-time per day basis attack the governor, um, but you don't don't want anybody to you know disagree with you. That to me, that that's not fair to use a what I'll call a government-sponsored account to attack people but only allow one side. You know, if he decided he was going to do like I do, and, and, you know, I, if you look at mine today, I posted something about the inauguration, and then I was blown away by that uh, poet laureate uh, young woman who, who read her poem at inauguration, so I posted that. You know, those are the kinds of things that, um, you know, I, I, I feel good about posting. Just this nastiness. I, I, I just get so turned off by that. You know, I know some people live their life in social media. They need to get a life because I just don't think that's productive. Yeah, I was going to say, I was. you know what I was doing? I was looking earlier at your Doyle 4 assembly page. That's why I was like, wow, there's not a lot of hate going on here, but um, you're not really using that page all that much because you all, you know, that's more of a campaign page. Um, right. But yeah, there's, there isn't a ton of hate. on Ron Kynes is much funner to look at. His comments are much funner to look at, I would say. And then my Congress, maybe Congress, maybe because they're just, they're just federal and they're, they're bigger. Uh, but yeah, my, my Congressman, uh, Jim Hagedorn, really loves to spread the hate. It's, it's, uh, I sent you that one post. It, it's, it's a little just baffling, like how, how divisive he, he can be. 
Uh, and Ron Kine, not divisive at all on Facebook. The comments are he's pretty he's pretty down the middle, uh, pretty boring in fact on his Facebook account. But uh, well, what right. I was well, so that yeah, so Ron gets people on both sides mad at him then. So and those are kind of fun. It's kind of like looking at the the comments on the Lacrosse Tribune website um, where you get the both sides beating each other up and. Um, they just kind of go off on tangents and everything. I mean, those are people that need to get out of their basement and start to get a life. And, and where, where I was going with this, we went down the wrong avenue. You talking about having puppies at home, and I don't know if it's on your personal Facebook account. I, I did try to add you today, just as we were talking. But um, there's no pu- there's no pictures of puppies anywhere to be found, Doyle. What are you doing? Well, okay, so if you want to go to my Facebook page <laughs> that has the puppies, it's Maggie and JJ's puppies. <laughs> okay. Maggie and JJ's puppies, and you'll find puppy videos, puppy pictures. They're now crawling over the wall of their whelping box, so we've got to move them downstairs to a taller cage. Um, but no, they're four, about four and a half weeks old. Well, a little over four weeks old, and they are at the funnest stage. I mean, it, they go from being. You know, little potatoes where they just kind of lay there to um, allow their balls of energy, and and uh, they're they're just a blast. We have a lot of fun with them. Oh yeah, here I think I found it. Ma- Maggie with an E, and Maggie, and right, then yeah. just the E-D-G-I. double JJ. All right, yeah. Oh good, I'll be I'll be here for uh, all the break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, good. good. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, my my uh, golden's name is Millie, and uh, yeah, a lot of stretching out before we go for walks. Uh, what do you do with, do you, I mean, obviously you take the dogs for walks. Uh, the cats do, cats are cats, they do whatever they want. Do you have like a big pasture for the for the other animals? Uh, yeah, we have, uh, all together we have about 26 acres. And so we have the, the boys in one paddock, the girls in another paddock. And, um, you know, during the summer they're really self-sufficient. I mean, they eat hay and, we, you know, we grain them once or twice a day depending upon the temperature. In the winter, um, you know, we have to give them hay twice a day and grain twice a day. Um, so I do the morning chores. My wife does the evening chores. And, it, it, I mean, really doesn't take very long, to be honest. Um, you know, the worst part is, like this morning when it was 4 degrees, you just the, the thought of walking out the door into the cold is worse than actually being out there and getting the job done. Um, yeah, and I would say, like, do alpacas, do they need a... Do you need to exercise them somehow, or goats even? I think goats kind of can can uh, would. I feel like goats are pretty active, but I I have no idea. Like, do you, yeah, goats do, are, are pretty active. Alpacas are. I mean, they're not as active, but they get their own exercise walking around. And people always ask, you know, are they okay in the in the winter? Are they you know are they nice and warm? And and I remind people that they are all wearing alpaca sweaters. <laughs> um, they like. January and February much better than they like July and August, so they're just fine. Um, we have a, a, an unheated barn that they can go into if they want. They rarely do that because they would prefer to just sit outside, even if it's snowing, even if it's below zero. They're you know that, that's they're from uh, you know Peru and Chile up in the mountains, so they're used to cold weather. And do they all? I mean, do you have them all named? Can you name if you went out there? Would you know everyone individually by a name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all have names. Um, some of the girls, I kind of get confused because they look fairly similar. But my uh, daughter, Stephanie, knows all of them. Um, I'm not allowed to name them. She she names them. Actually, she let me name one of them, but um, she's in charge of that. Okay, well, that might just be your age, Doyle. You might just be too old to remember who's who out there. I mean, you're probably messing your kids' names up every once in a while. 
Well, you know, I I am 62 years old, and you know, I'm starting to get feeble. Now, now with the alpacas, do they have personalities? Do, does each one have like in goats too? I mean, well, I feel like goats, I kind of know a little bit better. But do alpacas have like different personalities? Uh, kind of like a dog in a way. Do, are they similar in oh, any yeah. way? Yeah, I mean, um, alpacas tend to be kind of shy, but the especially the yearlings are less shy, and especially if you have like grain or something around, they'll just swarm around you. Um, we have one older female. Um, named Polly, who is just a witch. I mean, she's just not friendly. Um, but witch, that was witch with a W. Very people. friendly. That was witch with, with a w, w, yes. With, with a W. <laughs> I was careful on that. Um, and, but no, the other ones are, are very friendly. I mean, they, uh, they know us, so they'll come up to us. They won't always come up to strangers unless they have grain in their hand, and then they, then they will. Um, some are a little bit more bubbly. Some are a little bit more reserved. Um, some of the Bigger females are a little more pushy when it comes to getting in line for grain. But, yeah, I mean, you can tell the personality difference between them. Yeah, I imagine. I, I mean, I feel like that's for almost every animal, even, you know, like obviously we're not out in the wild hanging out with the animals there, but any animal that you have as a sort of a pet, they, they all tend, even cows and stuff, they all tend to have their own personalities. It's, always, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and for us, you know, you know, the alpacas are pets. When when we bought our farm, you know, it had a barn and a pole barn, and we wanted to get animals, so we got horses. But you know, we had more room than than you know we needed for horses, so we wanted something with our daughters being middle school at that time. That something that we wouldn't eat. So alpacas uh, kind of popped up, and we've been in, involved in that for gee, probably close to fifteen, twenty years now. Assembly Rep Steve Doyle is on with us, and if you're wondering why I'm wasting time, because I love animals. Doyle's got all these animals. At some point when it's not 9 degrees, I would love to go out there and just check everything out. Um, and and I'm wasting all this time talking about this also because we're going to get to business after the break. I'm, I'm going to bring up all this other stuff uh, with COVID relief package and uh, updating the unemployment office. And, and Doyle, just something to think about here Carl asked uh, on the text line, please ask Mr. Doyle his stance on legal marijuana. So something to think about. You got about four minutes to come up, four or five minutes to come up with your answer, Doyle. Uh, We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Libertarian guy has written me the first chapter of his book. Uh, talking about uh, some something about legalizing marijuana, and of, of course, also uh, if we want to accept everyone's speech, we were talking about Robin Voss limiting his tweets to only people he follows, limiting his replies anyway. Um, libertarian guy wants libertarians to be part of the debate stage. Uh, Doyle, you, Steve Doyle, Assembly Rep, is on with us. You were part of a three-way debate, right? That, yeah, that was you, right? You and uh, Leroy Brown and. Um, the third yep, candidate, Kevin Hoyer. Kevin Hoyer, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we had we had a debate with three parties there. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it, you know, there's no libertarian in that race, but um, they certainly have a following throughout the country, including in in this area, and um, their opinions are just as valid as anybody else's. Uh, all right, so. When where do you want to start first? Do you want to go with the legalized marijuana question? Do you want to talk about the COVID nineteen situation or the um, unemployment updated situation? Which avenue do you want to take first? 
Oh, so we're done talking puppies, huh? Yeah, we're now done. Make me answer the, the tough questions. Yeah, so. I will say, a libertarian guy, I didn't read all your, your chapter one of your book because I was watching Steve Doyle's puppy videos on Facebook. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Okay, so let's start with uh, legalization of marijuana. So um, absolutely, I'm in favor of uh, medical marijuana. Uh, I think that the medical evidence is there. I think that um, uh, I know people personally that that's the only thing that uh, allows them to keep going because they have chronic pain uh, from various uh, types of disabilities. Recreational marijuana, I I have to admit I'm not as excited about that, but um, the La Crosse County Board did a um, referendum a, a few years ago. My district came out pretty strongly in favor of legalized marijuana. Um, I do surveys every uh, every session, uh, sending out my newsletter, and, and people have responded, uh, have come out in favor of, uh, majorities come out in favor of legalization of recreational marijuana. So if it would come up for a vote, I'd have to you know, again, I'm not excited about it, but I probably, you know, have to vote in favor because that's what my district tells me. On the other hand, the Republicans are in charge of both the Senate and the Assembly, and that bill is not coming up for a vote. I mean, it just, it just won't. Yeah, and that, and that's kind of the the play here with everything, right? As long as we don't bring it up, then we're then we don't have to take a stance on any of these things. Well, you know, it, it would be the easy way for me to say that, you know, I don't have an opinion um, and try to get out of it um, because it's not going to come up for a vote. But, you know, I, I think people deserve to know where I'm, I'm at on it. So, yes, on legalization for medical purposes, probably yes for legalization for recreational, unless the voters of my district tell me that they are, have changed their mind. Now, you had a special session yesterday. Did you again drive to Madison only to turn around and, and drive home? That one I did not because we were told ahead of time that they were going to gavel in for a few seconds and gavel back out. So I did not. Uh, I did not go. Um, it's unfortunate because, you know, it, it's a it's a big problem. You know, I, I have helped over 200 people in my district that had problems getting their unemployment checks. If there is a problem going on. It's it's a you know, systemic problem within the the program, the, the computer program. Um, I think there are some staffing changes that could be done differently. Uh, I think that it's a matter of both sides, the governor and the legislature, coming together saying, okay, we're going to all embrace this problem and fix it, rather than, you know, the, the Republicans saying that we don't have any reason to meet because the governor needs to fix this. Well, he's got some proposals that do involve legislative involvement, I think that we owe him the respect of meeting, even if we vote down his proposals, I think we owe the governor, simply by virtue of his position, we owe him the respect to meet, talk about it, and take a vote on it. Yeah, I don't understand. If, if, if Republicans, this whole fight the last two years has about, been about, you know, the governor has too much power, we did a, you know, what's called a lame duck session in, in terms of before Governor Evers came to power, to, to limit his power, but now when it comes to fixing something that's completely broken, right? Like, I'm sure you, do you hear about the unemployment maybe every day, multiple times a day? Uh, something that's, that's completely broken, and uh, instead of, like, getting, like, having a conversation in session about it or voting on these packages, we're just going to, that's the governor's fault. That's the one place where we, the governor has all the power that he needs uh, to fix it. So, I mean, do, uh, do they have a point? Do, does the governor have all the power that he needs to fix the unemployment system? 
I don't think he does because, I mean, common sense would tell you that if he thought he could do some of these things unilaterally, he would do them. You know, I mean, he certainly has done that with regard to, uh, you know, the, again, you know, this week, you know, redeclaring the the health emergency on the COVID mask requirements and so forth. You know, so, I mean, where he has thought he has had authority, and even if some people disagreed, he's exercised that authority. I don't believe that he would be shy to do that if he thought that he had the authority, you know, with this unemployment stuff. And, and you know, I mean, my thinking is if he said, okay, this is what we're going to do on unemployment, all that you'd have happen is, you know, people pointing at him saying, well, you can't do that. You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the authority to do that. So let's just get together and, and figure this out. This is just stupid. Yeah, so Republican Majority Leader Jim Steinecke said in a statement, Governor Evers knows full well that he's had the power to initiate the changes he's asking for without a special session or bill from the legislative branch. Um, and Evers' proposal is to spend $5.3 million to modernize the Department of Workforce Development's process of handling unemployment. So if Evers go ahead, goes ahead and gives himself the okay on spending $5.3 million, are, are, are y'all going to be okay with that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, and to, to be honest, that's that's the down payment um, because the, the overall cost is going to be multi-multi-million. Um, I mean, it, that program that's running our unemployment compensation program is written in COBOL, which is from, what, like the 1970s or something. I mean, it, that's how ancient it is. And I don't know if you can find people that even can program in COBOL anymore. I'm from the uh, 1970s, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. Well, well, so, you know, can you write for COBOL? No, I, I couldn't write in the 70s period, so no, I can't. Okay. And I don't even know what you're talking about, COBOL. I don't know what that is. <laughs> See, there you go. Exactly. Just proved my point. Exactly. Um, yeah, it just seems, yeah, I just, I feel like if, if Evers goes, okay, well, $5.3 million, we're going to start the process of updating the unemployment thing. Uh, and then we're going to be like, whoa, $5.3 million, that's going to be the fight. But I guess maybe do it and then see what the fight is, because maybe we won't fight about that. Well, you know, in uh, about mid-February, he's going to be uh, presenting his proposed budget, and I'm assuming that he'll have uh, those things in there, too. I mean, it's unfortunate that we have to wait, you know, for an announcement in February and then the budget not passing till June or July, uh, you know, to, to start nibbling away at this problem. Because that initial expense, by the way, is to start the investigation of what we need. It doesn't actually fix the problem. It investigates what the fix to the problem would be. You know, so in that regard, every month that goes by pushes the start of the solution. It doesn't push the solution itself. And people are waiting a long, long time and shouldn't have to keep waiting because the politicians can't get their act together. Yeah, we're on the nine-month and five-day, four, five, six-day anniversary of... uh our, our government last passing a bill, which was the first COVID package. I feel like if we just push all this stuff off far enough, the COVID will be over. It'll be August and we'll be good to go. Well, it, you know, and that's unfortunate because that's probably where we're going to be at, but there's still going to be people that, you know, should have been getting unemployment that, you know, probably have months and months worth of, of checks that built up that, you know, that they're still going to be waiting for. And, you know, it, just because the vaccines kick in and, and you know, the, the COVID numbers go down doesn't mean instant relief for people that um, haven't had any income for months and months. You know, I mean, it, it, it's not something we can ignore because, 
you know, the pandemic this time, next time it could be a recession or whatever. I mean, we're going to have this again where people, a lot of people are, you know, needing unemployment and the situation is going to just be bad again unless we get our act together. But, you know, my, my fear is, you know, the, the COVID situation calms down, unemployment numbers ease, people think, okay, well, that's not a problem anymore, it's not a priority, so we're not going to spend the money to fix it. That's, you know, the government's good at that kind of thing. I'm getting a text here from Tim. He says, I should show you some respect and use titles instead of your last name. Are you offended that I call you Doyle? <laughs> you can call me anything you want. I don't care. I've been called worse. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of how I do it. I think I called Joe Billings Billings a couple of times. So it's just, that's, uh, I don't know. That's how I just. That's okay, Solom. I don't, I'm not offended. <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, um, with the uh, the COVID nineteen package, so we've had our state's been on top of this. You know, whether you want to criticize it, uh, I think it's funny that Andrea Palm. I think her name is Andrea Palm. I think uh, she's right. running the COVID relief package. She's been uh, clipped by the, or, or, you know, snatched up by the Biden administration to to help out uh, federally with with the health department there. Um, how ironic is it that she hasn't even been confirmed in the state of Wisconsin? Not that it's a, an assembly responsibility, but it's it's a little weird that she hasn't been confirmed, yet now she's good enough to go run something in the Biden administration. She wasn't good enough for the state. Well, her, her background actually is at the federal level. I think it was the Obama administration she had come out of in the first place. So, I mean, she she's kind of going back to her natural habitat, if you will. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that she wasn't confirmed uh, there's one or two more that still haven't been confirmed, and, and you know that it, it, it government isn't necessarily the most efficient thing. But if you don't have people having permanent positions or knowing that they've got you know a, a position that they've been confirmed for, it's not going to be efficient at all. I mean, if people are looking over their shoulders every time I make a decision, am I going to you know get fired the next day like Brad Paff? you know, uh, was, you know, just because they wanted to prove that they could do it. I mean, so I think that, yeah, it's, you know, it's probably win-win um, if her nomination had actually come for a vote. They probably would have voted her down. So, you know, I think she's probably happy to be going off to Washington. I think the Republicans are probably happy that she's going off to Washington. Um, uh, Karen Timberlake, who is, who is taking her place, comes out of the Doyle administration. Very, you know, she's been around forever very well respected um you know so she's the the temporary person for right now so you know I, I think that the department is in good hands at this point and uh you know we'll see where we go from here but um you know that this is not a way to run government yeah we could just either confirm her or don't don't let her run the most important time of the health of, health and human services during a COVID pandemic if you don't think she should be running it it's been two years right like i said you know if, if you don't think she's doing a good job bring it up for a vote, vote her down, and let's get a new person in there. But instead of having her twisting in the wind or having the governor twisting in the wind, uh, you know, that just is, it, again, it's a, it's a lack of respect. I think that we need to have more respect in government. We're talking with State Representative uh, Mr. Steve Doyle on the WISM right now. And and um, sticking with COVID, uh, the, the Assembly passed the COVID package, I believe, last, was it last week? And or maybe two weeks ago, and the Senate said, "Ah, we don't like that." The Senate passed their own bi- very bi- very bipartisan, yeah, bipartisan, uh, twenty nine to two. I think the vote was something like that, you know. And, and it just seemed like, well, if the Senate's twenty nine to two, the Assembly would pass that no problem. But there's there we're still fighting about that between the Senate and the Assembly, right? 
so yeah, the uh, when the assembly passed um, in our house passed the bill that was a purely on party line vote. The governor immediately said, "I'm not signing that." Um, and the Republicans knew that ahead of time that he had threatened that he was not going to sign it. So it went over to the Senate. Um, the Senate um, worked in, out an agreement with the governor, something that both sides could live with. Uh, so that passed. Uh, now it's coming back to the assembly next Tuesday. Republicans say that they have an amendment to it, or one or more amendments to it, which I suspect will be to take it back to the uh, original assembly version, which the governor has said that he won't sign. I mean, so that puts us, we, you know, we went around the block and we ended up in the same place that we started. That doesn't help anybody um, deal with the COVID crisis. You know, it, 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 it's really frustrating. You know, Robin Voss always talks about how you know, the legislature is an equal branch of government. Well, it's kind of like that book, Animal Farm, where everybody's equal, but some are more equal than others. And I think that his attitude is that he's more equal than, you know, the Senate Majority Leader or the governor, because it has to be his way, um, or he pouts and we don't get to have a vote on things. It's not a way to get things done. And, you know, I try not to be, you know, overly partisan. On this issue, I'm very partisan because I'm very frustrated with nothing happening in Madison. Um, I know when the Senate did pass their their bill, I keep thinking if it's last week or two weeks ago, when the Senate did pass their last week COVID-19 bill, um, and then it went back to the Assembly, did honor Robin Voss uh, with uh, being the longest uh, speaker or whatever you want to call it. Were you part of that? Did you think that was a little bit weird? They they held, I don't know, did they hold, hold a ceremony or something? We were hoping that actually that we would be able to vote on the, the COVID bill because it was, I think it was that same day the Senate approved it, and we thought, well, if it comes back to the Assembly, we could just vote on it and send it to the governor right away. Uh, but it was a higher priority to have the, uh, you know, the pageantry and, and all of that kind of stuff, um, and we didn't get around to taking a vote on anything substantive. Uh, you know, so, you know, we're coming back next Tuesday, I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that the Republicans are going to, you know, do an amendment that maybe the governor and the Senate can bite on. Um, but my understanding is that the Republican leader in the Senate dislikes Robin Voss, the Republican leader of the Assembly, almost as much as the governor dislikes him. So nobody likes each other right now in Madison. Um, so I think you've you know, seen this story before, and we can kind of guess what's going to happen. Is the deal here, like, we just don't want to give anyone a win? I mean, we're two years out from election. If we're going to give anyone a win, do it now. Our memories are, like, a week long. I can't even remember if this stuff happened a week ago. We're not going to remember this crap in two years when you're all up for the, another election. So pass this stuff now, get it done with, and give Evers and assembly the Assembly a win, a Senate win, and we all will forget about it. Yeah, I mean, if we pass something next week that, you know, the governor could sign, you know, if you're Robin Voss, take credit for it. Say, yep, I, you know, this is all thanks to me. We got it done. I'm, I'm great. I don't care. You know, who, who cares who gets the credit? And as you say, two years from now, people won't remember anyway. Um, you know, but it seems like, you know, everything in Madison, just like everything in Washington, is just so hyper-political and even giving the other side a little win um, is just something that, you know, is, is intolerable. And, you know, I always say this, that I love local government. I, I love the county board, you know, county board members, well, during non-COVID time, 
you know, you argue, you fight on the, the county board floor, and when you're done, you go have a beer together, and you talk about your families, and you talk about the Packers and whatever else, but you, you work together. I mean, that's the difference between local government and state and federal government, is they just don't work together because they don't talk to each other. All right. We, uh, Steve Doyle, the state, state Assembly, representing the greater La Crosse County area. Thanks a lot for joining me. Hey, thanks, Rick. All right. See ya. All right, and uh, most importantly, if you want to check out Steve Doyle's page, oh no, did I lose it? I thought I saved it. It's, I think it's called Meggie and JJ. It's uh, his Golden Retriever Facebook page. Uh, I highly recommend it. Meggie and JJ. Meggie with an E. Um, all right, we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a minute left here. Not even a minute. Uh, thanks a lot to Steve Doyle for for being on with us. Yeah, I got a minute here. I got my clock messed up. All right, get, get out of here, Buster Rhyme. So, so Johnny texted in and he said, for once, I don't agree with, with Doyle. Sounds like you should be mad at Governor Evers if he's looking to point fingers at partisanship. He's the one that called it and said he won't sign it. So the, 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 this is a big uh, circle that everyone's running around um, when it comes to passing this COVID-19 relief bill. And I'll try to explain it. I did text Johnny back my very brief explanation. But the uh, the Assembly passed the bill. Then the Senate needs to pass the bill. Then the governor can sign it. The Assembly passed the bill. The Senate said, we don't like that. So the Senate passed their own bill. That bill passed 29 to 2. Almost everybody signed it. Governor Evers said, yeah, we'll sign that bill. We'll we'll sign this COVID-19 relief package. We'll just, just so we can say we've signed something because the the legislature hasn't signed anything, hasn't passed anything in, in nine months in four, five, or six days, depending on what day you want to pick. So over nine months, the Senate passed it 29th to Evers said he'd pass it, but Voss said that's caving to Evers, I won't sign it. So the Assembly is the only group here, the Assembly Republicans are the only group here that don't want to pass this bill. So um, when, when Doyle talks about... Uh, the partisanship, and you, you, if you want to point your finger at Evers, you get you got to point your finger at Voss because Evers said he'd sign the Senate package, which was twenty nine to two, and Voss he uh, Voss said they wouldn't sign it, and instead of signing it, they held a uh, a ceremony honoring Voss as the longest tenured Speaker of the Assembly, instead of just you know signing the the Senate package. We could have had this could have been done. This could have been done already. So instead, we're going to meet again Tuesday. The assembly is going to meet again Tuesday. I'm sure something will get done. All right, that's all the time I got. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll be back to do it all over again tomorrow.